0: We have to be prepared in order to get the outcome that we would like to get, right? So if you wanna have a successful race, then you wanna think of preparing. So the more you know going into it, the better you're gonna be after. So here's the question, how do runners like us remain active, get stronger, and heal from injuries without being told to stop running and create a healthy life for ourselves so we can continue to hit PRs well into our 40s and 50s? This is the question, and this podcast is the answer. My name is Dr. Dwayne Scotty, physical therapist, running coach, and creator of Spark Physical Therapy, where we help active adults be able to run without aches and pains so you can feel good about yourself again. Welcome to the Healthy Runner Podcast, Good evening and welcome to episode 68 on the Healthy Runner podcast. And we are live within the Healthy Runner Facebook group talking about how to prepare for your half marathon. So I am super excited today. It is a very special day. We have very exciting things to share with you today. And in this episode, we're gonna be talking about all things half marathon prep. And it's spring. And I know it's half marathon season because I could smell it. I could smell half marathon season. And I'm excited to be here with you live. And it's exciting because live races are coming back finally. And we are finally getting our lives back. So you might be wondering if you have a half marathon on your calendar, you might be thinking to yourself, how should I prepare? for a half marathon the week before? What should you do the night before a half marathon? What should you do the morning of your half marathon? So these are all common questions that honestly, I Googled at some point during the beginning phases of my race career, if so to speak. It's now going on almost 10 years from my first race. So I know these are things that I have Googled myself, I have had many questions by hundreds of runners throughout the years, and I thought that this would be a great way to kind of kick off our getting back to in-person races to share the answers to these common questions that I get so often and that I help uh, my clients with on a daily basis, and I figured this would be something that many of you As you're running right now, probably uh, during your run, want to know the answer to if you are uh, listening to the podcast. If you guys are listening to this episode, that means that you probably have a half marathon on your training calendar. And if you have a half marathon on your training calendar, we're going to be talking about what to do before your half marathon tonight. However, we have already done an episode That's probably actually the most popular episode on the podcast on how to recover after your race and what to do right after your race finishes, like literally the minutes after your race finishes, and then what you should do the night of your race and the days after your race to kickstart that recovery process after your race. So. Check out episode 38. Make sure you're listening to that before your race because the tips to do after your race actually need to occur like literally minutes, hours after you're done with your race. So don't wait for like a day or two after your race to listen to it. Listen to it actually before the race so you know what to do after the race, if that makes sense. So check out that episode 38. So Coach LaToya and uh, many of us who are in our, team healthy runner half marathon program are actually running our virtual Delaware half marathon in less than two weeks. So we are super pumped about that. Live races are coming back and I do have a very, very, very exciting announcement. Another announcement to make tonight. I'm going to hold off a little bit because I'm going to get like too excited. I I can't get too excited. I want to stay on task as best as possible. I'm going to try my best to stay on task here, guys. Um, This is going to be super important because preparation is key. So why are we going to be uh, talking about this? What is the purpose? Why did I decide to do this topic tonight? Um, Preparation is key. We have to be prepared in order to get the outcome that we would like to get, right? So if you want to have a successful race, then you want to think of preparing, So the more, you know, going into it, the better you're going to be after. And the more that we can prepare, then we're going to be more calmer during our race. We're going to be able to perform at the level we want to perform. And it's just a couple of kind of tips, strategies that honestly, I've read before myself, I've implemented before myself. I'll probably talk to you about some mistakes as we go along the way, um, as well as helped others be able to accomplish their race goals and be able to have a good day out on the race. Um, you know, I'd be remiss to say that if we do everything that I talk about tonight, that you're going to have a perfect race, like stuff happens, right? And could have bad weather. You could just have one of those days where your body just decides to have a crappy day. Um, you can have a, a day where, you know, you just don't feel great. Your body doesn't feel great. Your stomach doesn't feel great. Who knows, like it's allergy season now and you have a flare up of allergies and your breathing isn't great for your race. So there are so many variables that we really can't control. But my thought process is, The more that we can control and the more that we educate ourselves going into that race day, then the more likelihood of success that you're going to have. Like last week, we actually talked to Rachel Buck and she shared her story, how she PR'd her half marathon. So if you missed that episode, definitely go back. Uh, It was just last week. So it'll be pretty easy for you to find in our Healthy Runner Facebook group, but If you want to hear Rachel's story on how she got kind of stronger, how she got faster for her her half marathon, episode 66, uh, you can listen on the podcast to uh, hear Rachel's story on what she did to kind of get a half marathon PR to be able to run her best um, for her race. Great story. Um, I really loved hearing Rachel's story, and I think so many of it applies to what we do as runners. All right, guys. So let's get into today's topic, race preparation, specifically for the half marathon. But a lot of what I'm gonna be talking about honestly applies to the marathon and just to exit. So it's it's two times as important to make sure you do these preparation things before your marathon, because for that distance, it's so important to make sure that we do these preparation things um, in terms of getting your outcome that you wanna get. So first thing I'm going to be talking about is how should we prepare for half marathon the week before? So for the week before, we're really thinking about, we're starting to dial back our training. So let's talk training first in terms of run plan, strength plan. We know how important both are. And you know, if you've been listening to any of the episodes, you know that you need to have both of them in your training. It's not just running. We're not just runners. We are athletes who specialize in running. I think I heard that from Jason Fitzgerald and his podcast and I loved it. Um, But we're athletes, right? And, and we run, but we need to strength train in order to run. So you guys know my, my take on that, if you've been listening, and I guess, honestly, let me do this as well. We had a bunch of new members in our healthy runner Facebook group the last two weeks. So this may be the first uh, live that you're catching, or this might be the first episode that you're listening to on the podcast. And let me just reintroduce myself, I guess, because you might not know who I am. I am Dr. Dwayne Scotty. I'm a physical therapist. I'm a running coach. And obviously the host of the healthy runner podcast and this Facebook group and where we do our live show. I don't want to just talk to myself, right? Like the first five episodes, I actually did just recorded on my microphone and literally talk to my computer screen. That was not fun. I at least love to be able to interact with you guys. I'm a people person. I want to interact with people here that are on the live. I want to answer your questions. I want like things to jump in and out. So if you're listening to this in the podcast, you might notice. And if you listen to any episodes before, it's not the cleanest podcast version that you might hear out there, but it's live. It's a real deal. This is what we do. We're human. We are not robots. And hopefully I can kind of keep you entertained along the way. And I love being able to answer your questions as we go, because I can always talk about things that I think are important, but honestly, you guys uh, really control the content and you help, help me learn what you want to learn about. And those are the things that I want to help you most with. Just as many of you know, My thoughts are anyone can run. You just need to do it the right way. And there is a way to gradually build up. And if, again, if you are new, go back to the first five episodes of the podcast, you will get kind of the spark blueprint in how to train and get stronger and run faster without getting injured. And that's what we're all about here. And that's why I want to talk half marathon preparation and how do we prepare? So for our week before our race, our training, our running. We're really thinking about dialing things back. So your last longest long run, does that make sense? The longest long run you're going to do before you're 13.1 is going to be two weeks before. So for our team Healthy Runner Half Marathon Training Program, we just ran our longest race yesterday. So at the time of this recording, it's a Monday. We did our long run yesterday on Sunday, So we crushed either 12 miles or 11 miles, depending upon if this was our first half marathon or we haven't run in a while, then some folks were doing 11. For those that had a little bit more training under their belt and they had a little bit more speed work within their program, we were doing 12 miles. That was two weeks before our race. So next week in your long run for the weekend, you need to dial it back. You should be running six to eight miles The longest. So some of us are running eight, some may run six. Again, it all depends upon you and your fitness level, as well as are you currently having an injury? Are you running through some aches and pains? Are you starting to feel some knee pain? Are you starting to feel some foot pain? If so, I would definitely dial that on the side of conservative and do six miles this coming weekend. All right. Because your goal is to get through the race, right? And hopefully, these steps that we're going to outline are going to get you there. So during the week before your half marathon, continue to get in shorter runs. So we don't want to take off and rest and think like, oh, I need to like not run for three to five days. And then I'll have fresh legs going into my race. No, you will have flat legs going into your race. So we want to actually have active recovery. It's almost like recovering from an injury as I've talked about four, recovering from IT band syndrome, plantar fasciitis, Achilles tendon pain. You need active recovery. Just like going into a race, you want to be active. You actually want to run, but you're going to dial the intensity back a little bit in terms of mileage and in terms of speed work. So let's talk for those that are, let's say, a novice. You're following a beginner half marathon training program. All of your runs are easy conversational pace runs. Then you're going to run a couple of less miles that week leading up to the race. I always, I always recommend taking one to two days off completely of fresh legs. And then the day before you do a shakeout run, two miles tops, easy conversational pace running and a lot of rolling and some stretching mobility work the day before. So again, you know, your body's best for me, if my race is on a Sunday, Saturday, If we count backwards now, Saturday, that looks like two miles, shakeout run. What do I do before that two miles? I do my mobility drills. I do my foam rolling. I go out, run two miles. I come back. I do more foam rolling. And then I stretch. So I get some good stretching and some flexibility. Two days before the race, complete rest day. Nothing at all. Rest, rest, rest three days before the race. This is where you can play a little bit. Know your body's best. You might choose to do a rest day. You might choose to do a gym day, a, a strength day, lighter weights, keep your f- legs fresh, but get exercise in. You might choose to run this day as well. Um, a easy three to four miler, two to four miler, let's say, um, would be appropriate. And then the beginning of the week, you want to think about almost getting in the beginning of the week like you had the previous weeks. So that shouldn't change too much. If you are doing speed work, if you're doing tempo runs, threshold runs, or you might be doing some track workouts, this is where you actually want to do tempo or track workouts, but you want to think reducing the intensity and the total volume by 50 to 75%. So for example, if the last couple of weeks I've been doing like five miles total tempo run three miles in the middle or at my faster tempo pace, then this, not this week, next week, the week of my race, I am going to actually do a three mile tempo, maybe a four mile tempo, um, where I'm going to do one to two miles in the middle sandwiched in the middle of those easy runs at that same tempo pace. So I'm not going slower. I'm still getting my legs to turn over. And get my body accustomed to what it's been doing. But now I'm decreasing the amount that I'm doing. So for my body, my body perceives this as actually less work than I've been doing the last couple of weeks. But it's still staying fresh enough where my legs aren't gonna be like totally confused um, on race day, if that makes sense. So they're gonna be kind of popping on race day. They're not gonna be confused, they're gonna know what's happening. Um, and I'm going to have fresh legs. So hopefully that explains the training leading up to race week is if you started with your long run to kind of recap that it's going to be at a reduced volume. If you're doing 11 or 12, two weeks before the week before your race, you're going to do six to eight miles. Then that week of the race, beginning of the week looks very similar to the previous weeks. If you're doing speed work in your plan that means you've been doing speed work, then you're thinking of reducing the duration. So the time that your workout takes and the mileage you're reducing, you're still going as fast. If you're working tempo runs, you're still going tempo pace. If you're working on the track and you're doing intervals, you're still going at interval pace. You're doing less repeats. If you were doing six by eight hundreds or you were doing five by 12 hundreds, you're going to do four by eight hundreds, or you're going to be doing three by 1200s. All right. And then the end of the week, you got to add in some rest days and like complete recovery days in there. And then a shakeout run the day before. That's what I highly recommend. That's worked well for me. Myself personally, my legs feel better when I do the shakeout and the mobility and stretching the day before versus like complete rest. There are many other people who prefer the rest. So how are you going to know what is best um, for you? You have to trial it out, right? It's like trial and error experiment you see. And that's what a lot of the preparation stuff we're going to talk about tonight is you have to try it out yourself. And then always, always just like I tell my students, just like I, anything we do in life, like we should have some reflection, right? And think back to, hey, what worked? what didn't work well. And what am I going to change next time I do it? Right. That's how we improve. Like for myself, that's how I like to improve, whether it's as a physical therapist, as a run coach, as a podcast host. Um, Like right now I'm switching up some audio. I'm switching up some video quality. I'm trying to improve. I'm trying to adapt. And that's what we should do in our running. I know that's what I do in my running. And that's what I recommend that you guys think about that for your next race. All right, I think we covered training pretty well. We really got in depth into training. So now let's talk about some nutrition, hydration. The week we're still we're still talking about that week before your race. You want to start eating smaller meals every two to three hours. Um, we should consider thinking about cutting out red meat, fried foods, and this really pertains to like two to three days before. To tell you the truth, um, dairy products, fats nuts, roughage, anything high in fiber. Um, cause those things are going to take longer to digest. We basically want to wake up like race morning, feeling like we're not bloated. We don't feel heavy. We feel light. We're like, everything's flushed out of our system essentially. Um, so we want to think consuming light digestible foods, um, such as bread, kind of your white starchy uh, uh, carbs, small sandwiches, maybe some energy bars, depending upon which type. Um, You want to think about hydration, drinking your water, maybe consuming electrolyte beverage, depending upon the temperature of your race. So now weather's starting to get a little warmer here in the Northeast right now. At the time of this recording, it's springtime, it's April, not too hot yet. We probably don't need a whole lot of electrolytes. But if you're going to be running in the summer and you're going to be running in climates that are a lot warmer, yes, you want to think about days before, not only on race day, days before getting in your hydration and your electrolyte beverages, um, you want to avoid salty high fiber foods. So those are the things you want to avoid leading up to race day. The other thing recommendation. And I could talk to this from personal experience because I also do teach, uh, where there are days where I'm on my feet literally all day. I'm teaching on like hard cement surfaces um, at a university. And I can attest to this. Uh, you want to try to get off your feet uh, a couple of days before. So ideally, you do not, if you have the option and there is flexibility in your schedule, this is where you want to get off your feet. And actually, I can uh, attest to this as well, because right now I am wearing my Disney half marathon weekend, 2020, the last in-person race that I did do before the pandemic. And if you guys ever did a run Disney race, you will know the expo is super cool. And you will know, literally you could be in there for like a whole day and you could be on your feet for like eight hours, walking around that thing, finding all the cool products, doing all the cool stuff, taking all the cool pictures and That's tough to do if you're going to be doing a half marathon the next day. And then again, magnified times two if you're doing a marathon, right? So try to get off your feet as much as possible a day or two before your race. That will help you. And I definitely notice a difference when I do have the flexibility and I can make it a more of a computer day where I'm sitting most of the day versus standing, hustling, you know, treating patients and I'm running around all day long on my feet. Um, I don't feel as fresh. My legs don't feel as fresh the next day for race day. So if you have an option to be on your feet and not be on your feet, uh, take those opportunities to take sitting breaks as much as possible, as best as you can um, throughout the day. That's really everything that we should be doing to prepare for a half marathon the week before. Basically training, we're cutting back training. We are starting to eat smaller meals and watching the types of foods that we're eating. We're hydrating, possibly getting in electrolytes, and we're trying to get off our feet as much as possible. So now those that I'm trying to really keep this episode as a resource because we've done deeper dives on these specific topics. So a couple of previous episodes, I do want to reference that you might find helpful is episode 53. We talked about what should you eat and drink during long runs with our registered dietitian uh, friend, Jen Giles. So check out episode 53 if you wanna know more in depth on eating and drinking before your long runs. Um, or if you just type into the comment box, episode 53, I'll get that over to you. And then we just had last week, coach Claire Bartholic share some great, great, great information for plant-based runners and what type of nutrition you can do, uh, leading up to your race day. So check out episode 67, just dropped on the podcast. And I think you'll find that very helpful on some of your tips. And I even tried out, uh, her tips in terms of, uh, combining some uh, dates with peanut butter. So that was a delicious snack. I would have never tried um, if I hadn't heard it from Claire. So thank you, Claire, for that. So check those out. That should be helpful for you guys. So now let's get to the night before. So now what about the night before? A couple of tips here. Eat whatever works for you. We talked about this with Jen Giles and she gave us some tips on what to eat. I'll give you what works for me, Um, my kind of staples, my go-tos. And this is why I think it's a staple is it's worked for me. So then I don't change it. And that's where sometimes we can try to get too cute and we want to like find out what the magic bullet is. If you find something that works for you, stick with it, stick with it. If your GI system tolerates whatever food you're um, fueling with and your race goes well, and you don't feel like you lost energy at mile 10, mile 11 of your half marathon, or mile 20 of your full marathon, then stick with what you've done. Don't try to get too cute and definitely do not try anything new. So for me, the night before, my go-to is never a bowl of pasta. I know some people can do that the night before. For me, that's too filling. That's too filling for me. I wake up loaded. So for me, I do that small sandwich. I do white bread and I'll do some um, lean turkey meat or I'll do like fresh turkey uh, chicken or turkey breast. Those are like my go-tos. If I do like the chicken or turkey breast, I'm going to do some cooked vegetables, maybe some carrots. I will definitely do cooked, not raw because that's too much fiber. So the cooked, as I learned from Jen, was that takes away some of the fiber in the vegetables, and it's more easily digestible. And then I'll do a sweet potato. So I know a lot of people do potatoes. Um, Those work well for folks. Some people do rice, and that works well for them. Um, So those are just some ideas. For me, the sandwich honestly is best, and I don't eat a lot of like white rolls, and I actually love a nice soft roll. Like who doesn't like a nice like soft, fresh sandwich? Right. Um, I get the no sodium like turkey breast and I'll have a nice fresh roll and I'll maybe put like a piece of lettuce and a tomato in there uh, and some pickles. And the pickles probably good, especially if I'm gonna be sweating a lot the next day. And that works out great for me. And I try not to. I try not to overeat. It's hard because sometimes you're thinking, hey, I need to like stock up on my nutrition because I'm going to run a race and I don't want to lose energy. But you really won't lose energy as long as you eat. Think smaller meals versus larger. That's what I found from my personal experience. And it's hard for me because I definitely am more of an overeater. And once I kind of taste food that tastes good, I want to eat more of it. So for me, portion control is my weakness. And that's something that I need to like, just cut myself off. And I'm like, all right, let me go brush my teeth because now I won't have the taste of food. I won't want to eat more. And that's my little trick for, all right, Dwayne, you're cut off. And I make sure that that dinner is early enough. You don't want to eat an hour, two, three hours before you go to sleep, right? So we need to start digesting some of that food before you just go to sleep. So night before. Eat what works for you. I gave you some tips there. I gave you some ideas. Check out uh, Jen's episode as well as Claire's because they'll give you some more in-depth tips on what to eat. Make sure you drink your water. Again, it's not a time where you want to start, you know, drinking other beverages. You need to actually hydrate and get that water in your system because hydration, it doesn't start during race time. It starts before the race and the night before, the day before, days before. Let me just jump in here to share a special announcement with you guys for a second. I'm excited to announce that the Healthy Runner podcast has another sponsor. So, as many of you know, I pour my heart and soul into creating the best show possible, and it's really showing in our reviews and our listenership. I'm extremely humbled and blessed to be able to share the knowledge and experience I have learned over my 18 year career as a physical therapist, a runner myself, and a run coach with you, the listener. And I love bringing on new guests who specialize in running, the experts within the running field each and every week. As I mentioned with our first sponsor, you can. I will only have sponsors on the show that share the same values of runner health and safety that I do and you value. Also, I will never promote a product that I don't use myself on a routine basis that I feel strongly about. With that being said, I am very excited to announce the Healthy Runner Podcast partnership with Knox Gear. Knox Gear's signature product, the Tracer 360, keeps me safe and lit up from all directions 360 degrees during my 5.30 a.m. runs, just like it did this morning. I noticed how quickly cars reacted to me once I started wearing the Tracer 360. It keeps me safe during those dark early morning runs. I also love their Bluetooth speaker that is only 39 grams in weight and perfect for listening to podcast episodes just like this one or music during your runs while keeping you in tune to your surroundings. I actually was fortunate enough to meet uh, one of the creators of Knox Gear, Simon Curran, who came on in episode 43 on the podcast to share the story, the creation of Knox Gear and how they use the principles of visual light, and using engineering to actually create their product. So check out episode 43, hear the story from the creator himself, and learn about their products a little bit more in depth. Knox Gear is all about runner safety, and I'm ecstatic to have them on the runner health and safety movement that we are creating over here at Healthy Runner running doesn't need to be painful and it sure doesn't need to be risky or dangerous. Running should be that outlet providing us the mental clarity we need to be the best humans we can possibly be to those around us. While checking out at noxgear.com, just use the code HealthyRunner to get 35% off your total purchase. Go ahead and give Noxgear a try. Trust me, you will never feel safer or look as cool. Now let's get back to our episode. Lay out your clothes, people, right? Why, why wake up and have to be like running around? Did I remember this? Did I remember that? Did I remember my I watched? Did I remember my AirPods? Do I have my gels ready? Do I have my race belt? Do I have my hydration pack, right? Like you don't want to think about all this stuff. Do I need sunglasses? Am I wearing a hat? Am I wearing a neck gaiter, right? What, what are you wearing? like your shorts, your socks, like take it all out. Like literally I take this stuff out like a day or two before I lay it out, get your race bib ready, put your safety pins on or your bib boards. Uh, for those of you local, I can hook you up with some Spark Healthy Runner bib boards uh, so you don't have to stick yourself with a safety pin and you know, do all that so it's all done. You should not be stressing, worrying about any of that on race day. So do it the night before, do it the day before. And trust me, that will decrease your anxiety level, because honestly, you're going to wake up that morning, either nervous and excited, right? You have that feeling in your belly and you're like excited, like race day, let's do this. Right. Or you're going to be like rushing around with like a chicken, you know, with its head cut off, trying to find, you know, your gel, trying to find your water bottle, trying to find things, your sunglasses, where did the kids put your watch? Where did the kids put your running sneakers, right? So get it all together, get your outfit out, get your shoes out, all of the gear that you're going to need for race day the night before. And then most importantly, get a good night's sleep. So we all know, how are we going to do that? You should know by now, how do you sleep well? You know, should you be off your devices? Are you going to read a little bit? Shut the lights down, right? All of those fun things. Get to bed early. You need rest. Sometimes we're excited for a race and we can't go to bed and that's okay. You will perform well the next day, but if you can get a good night's sleep, that will be super helpful. So let me just catch up on comments here. Uh, So Linda says grilled chicken, rice, carrots for me, always the night before. Excellent. Yes. Awesome. That's like pretty much a staple I would do for me, rice, for some reason, I digest it a little slower. I know a lot of people love rice. Um, For for me, I I tend to go with like the sweet potato or bread. Um, But I know a lot of runners like rice as well, Linda. So thank you so much for sharing. Marva says pizza for me. Um, Yeah, pizza would definitely not work for me because I am lactose intolerant. But I guess I could. You, um, without the cheese, right, Marva. And so pizza might work. The only thing I would say to anyone out there, any runner who gets heartburn, cause I do, I have a little sensitive GI system. I had actually, I'm going to, I'm going to overshare here. Um, I actually had a surgery when I was a baby, I was born without a sphincter between my esophagus and my stomach. So I actually had what they call a fundal placation and they had to like make a sphincter at the end of my esophagus to my stomach. And unfortunately, as I've aged and grown, that has stretched out. So I do, unfortunately, get some reflux a lot and I can't have spicy foods. So for me, the tomato sauce Marva would definitely cause some reflux. And then that will be coming up in my esophagus when I'm trying to breathe during my race. So I keep to bland foods, like totally bland, no seasoning, no sauces, um, so for those that do get some reflux, um, some indigestion, if you didn't know, then I'm probably not sharing any new news for you because you probably knew the foods that irritate that, um, to begin with. But, uh, Sonia also says that, uh, no new clothes agreed. Yes. Your race day shirt, your tank top, your shorts, your compression shorts, Every single thing that you wear on race day, you should have already worn during your long run. This is not the time to get a new cool pair of running shorts and try them out on race day because they might kind of fit a little weird. They might hit you in the wrong spot, and then you wind up getting some chafing, a blister. They just don't feel right. So great tip. Thank you so much for adding that. And then I I would be really remiss if I didn't bring up and I actually talked about this. Um, another good episode to reference guys in case you haven't heard this one was five can't miss tips for half marathon training. So it really wasn't like the prep leading up to the race, but we kind of talked about training. I did this with coach Kat in episode 29. She shared her five K tips, um, And then I shared my half marathon tips because we were talking about in the fall, everyone was getting back into races and we were, you know, talking about five K's and half marathons. So that episode, I actually shared in that episode, um, band-aids for guys. So make sure you use your band-aids. And then we actually talked about this with Harrison in for you, beginner runners, um, another great episode and, is going to be episode 52, Marathon Training for Beginners with Harrison and Mo Crum. Uh, We got into this uh, conversation on their episode of band-aids over the nipples. Like you need them guys, because when you're out there sweating more than you do on a regular run, especially if it's the first time it's hot and you're not used to the material you're in, your body, your sympathetic nervous system kicks in and nipples get a little bit pointy And it rubs against your shirt and your tank top for 13.1 miles. And all of that rubbing that usually doesn't happen on an easy conversational long run will cause some cutting, bleeding possibly. So protect your nips, guys. Use band-aids. I get the big guys, um, big band-aids, and just go right over there. Protect them. Trust me. It sounds really weird if you've never done it before, but you will thank me. Especially if you have a sweaty, hot half marathon race, um, you will thank me. Like I mentioned in the previous episodes, I've seen guys at races with blood dripping down the front of their um, tank tops, and it just looks extremely painful. And I've come close to to that situation, and I learned real quick. Um, and Ethan says that he uses a compression shirt um, for that area. So, yeah, you can go with a tight kind of compress uh, compression shirt as well. I'm sure that will be uh, super helpful. Teresa says she's found trouble finding foods when friends want to meet together the night before in town when we travel. I bet. Um, yeah, Teresa, like, that's on my bucket list to do more destination races. Um, And I can see that being an issue, honestly, is when you meet up with friends, I feel like you almost need to know what foods really work for you and know like the restaurants you go to um, are going to have those foods and they're going to be able to make those modifications to like make things bland and not add in butter and fatty foods and grease. Um, So that definitely I could see being an issue. Uh, We already talked about what you should be doing the week before your race. We talked about what you should be doing the night before your race. And now we are the morning of your race. It is race day. So it's the morning of your race. After you wake up, you want to think about drinking four to six ounces of water every half hour. And then you want to drink your last water at least a half hour before your race. For me, I honestly try to go an hour before my race because I have never ever had to stop to pee for my race. And I want to keep it that way. And I really stock up on the hydration the night before the day before. And then that morning, like three hours before race time, I wake up three hours before I really get that water in and I eat something. So you want to think about eating. They say an hour and a half to two hours. Again, for me, I feel like my digestion is a little slower than most people. So I always go for two and a half to three hours before is when I'll have my solid food that I'm going to be having. So again, we've talked about this before on Jen's um, episode, as well as Claire's, but you know, bananas are a good go-to for some oatmeal works out great for others. It doesn't Um, toast, peanut butter, right? So we want to think more simple carbs that are going to digest quickly. No fiber, not a lot of protein. It's the carbs that we need to actually replenish our glycogen stores during our running. So think about easily digestible carbs with a little bit of protein in it. Um, so those are the things that we want to think about eating the morning of our race. And then 45 minutes before your race, you should be starting your warm up because you definitely have to get in line 15 minutes before your race. So that leaves you a half hour. And for, for me, it's always going to be a one mile jog, super easy, one mile jog followed by our signature spark dynamic warm up. So I haven't talked about this in a while, and there's been a lot of new members in our healthy runner community. If you guys haven't checked out the five minute dynamic warmup, um, I highly recommend you check it out. So it's literally five minutes. It's gonna be a movement prep to really get the blood flow into your muscles, to get your joints loose, to get your muscles turned on so they're ready to go for game time. It is our most popular video on the Spark Your Training YouTube channel. And I will link that in the show notes in the podcast because it's been a while since I've dropped that one. Um, That is what I highly recommend you do after a one mile warm up. Now, if this is your first half marathon or maybe your second or third, you might not want to do a 1 mile warm up and that's completely okay. I don't recommend it especially if you're first because for you it's going to be your first time doing 13.1. So we don't need to add another mile on there. However, if you've done many before, I highly recommend if you haven't tried it yet, doing a 1 mile jog. We're talking like super easy slow pace to just get some blood flow going. And then you follow that up with your dynamic warmup. And then those who are really looking to run a fast half marathon, that's when you do your five minute dynamic warm up. you do a little more jogging and some strides. So again, strides are, you're going about 80 to 90% of your effort and your speed for a short distance. Like let's say 20 feet. You're gradually increasing your speed and then you're gradually turning it down. You're just increasing that leg turnover so your legs are like ready to go. And they're not gonna go that fast during a half marathon. Don't worry. But when you start running for your half marathon, it's gonna feel like you're going slower, all right? So that's what I would highly recommend to prep your body so you feel like ready to go for game time. You wanna think starting at 45 minutes. So you gotta plan. You gotta make sure you get to your race early enough. I always err on the side of caution and getting there too early. You can always hang out in your car. You can always listen to music to relax yourself. You can check Facebook, Instagram, whatever you want to do to like distract yourself. Um, But at least, you know, you're there. At least, you know, you're not going to hit traffic. You're not going to be like stressing in your car in this long line of cars. And then you wind up having to sprint to the start line. (laughs) Has that ever happened to you guys? I'm just curious. It's definitely happened to me once um, where I, that happened to me. I was late and I literally had a sprint to the start line where talking about stress levels, I was super stressed. And the first like three miles of that half marathon definitely felt like probably the hardest three miles I have ever done of a half marathon because I was so stressed out. So we're really thinking the morning before, just to recap, after you wake up, you got to drink water, you got to eat. And then you want to think about drinking water at least four to six ounces every half hour until 30 to 45 minutes before race time. Then no more water because we don't want to have to stop to pee during our race. And then we want to think of getting to your race early. And then you want to think about how am I going to warm up? How do I need to prep my body so it's ready to go for race time? So whether that's the one mile jog warm up and then followed by your five minute dynamic warm up. And then maybe a couple of strides. Um, Kathleen also brings up an important point is you got to get there early so you could socialize, right? So if you're meeting up with your running buddies, you got to get there early, find them, take your uh, pre-race pics, right? Take your selfies and you got to be able to socialize. So that is super important um, as well. So we do have a couple of questions here. So let's get to some of these questions here. Um, All right, so Sonia asked, how often do you recommend taking a gel during the race? Great, great question. So the recommendation for gels, um, it is going to depend a little bit upon how well you fueled before your race. Um, In general, 30 to 45 minutes. And depending upon the size of your gel. So not all gels are created equal, right? So there are, we did have um, crank sports e fuel on the show and that was last summer probably episode 25-ish if you check that out on the podcast um, those gels are a little bit bigger and they last a little bit longer so that's what I use and it has um, some good electrolytes in it now one of our sponsors you can also just came out with their su- signature superstarch um, that is in gel form. So I am looking forward to that. It is actually being delivered to my house as we speak. And I should be getting that either when I get home tonight, it will be waiting for me or tomorrow. So I am actually looking forward to trying that as well um, during my long runs and my races. So I would check out what they recommend on the package, but in general, 45 minutes. So for most half marathoners, you'll take two to three gels um, during your race. Now, most of you, you might be saying to yourself, hey, I've run half marathons before and I never get hungry. I don't need to eat. Yes, you might feel that way and you definitely don't feel hungry during a race and you definitely don't need to eat during a race. But if you're looking to make sure you got that extra kick, that extra spark for the end of your race, like mile 10, mile 11, when it gets really tough, I highly recommend you think of fueling um, during that race. So you don't hit that wall. Your paces don't slow down. Um, you will notice a huge difference. Once I started doing that, it was like a game changer for me. So again, your body isn't going to want it, but trust me, you need it in order to actually keep the pace that you want to do and the race that you want to run. So hopefully that was helpful for you. And let's go back to what changes do you make when the temperature spikes on race day? Above 90 and full sun, I melt and I don't perform well, Amy says. Well, Amy, you are not alone because none of us do. (laughs) We are not built as humans to be able to run in 90 degrees and above in full sun. That's just not normal. Our bodies will overheat. So if you get a race day like that, then I think you really need to, first off, think about expectations and don't set high expectations. If that is the temperature for that race day, because physiologically your body definitely has a change in performance. And there's an extra level of stress that is beyond it gets magnified times two when the temperature rises that high, as well as the dew point. And that's the key is the dew point is that high, it stresses our body and it is impossible to perform at the level that you expect it to. So do not plan on ever getting a PR in those types of conditions. So reset the expectations. And I've done this many times actually, Amy. So here in Connecticut, our Labor Day um, road race in New Haven, it's like classic race um, that we will, it will be 90 degrees, hot, hazy, humid. And I've literally run three of those that it's been like that. Um, I've run it probably eight times before. And for three of those races, I've literally just I knew it at mile seven, my body was starting to overheat. I see like medics every like 10 feet, people dropping like flies and I pack it in. I say to myself, you know what? There's always another race, Dwayne, and you're going to run it. I finished the race, but I just totally decrease my pace. I I maybe do some walking. I recover. I'll call my wife and be like, don't expect me at the finish line when you usually see me because these conditions are crazy. And I'll reset my expectations and say, okay, we're going to run this one in. I'm going to go for a nice, easy jog on the way in. I'm going to wave to people. I'm going to be smiling at spectators. Um, Don't plan on ever getting a PR in those conditions, Amy. It's not going to happen. It really isn't. Um, There's no secret trick. Obviously, you're going to need more hydration and definitely more electrolytes. And then that's when you really want to think of using like the salt tabs. If you're really losing everything in sweat. Cause you're going to sweat more, right? When those temperatures are that high. So hopefully that was helpful for you, but great question. Uh, thank you so much for asking that question. Uh, Annie says, do you recommend eggs on race morning? So if you are good with eggs, then yes, I would recommend an egg. Probably you probably don't eat much more than one because remember, you don't want a lot of protein intake. So I know many runners that do one egg um, with some toast on race day, and that would be a good clean form of protein for you, Annie, if eggs do well with your stomach, then go for eggs. I would definitely uh, recommend that. And Kathleen gives a little shout out to her 169ers here in Connecticut um, for their uh, photos. And Travis says he just bought UCAN. um, And Jess says she's got her UCAN packets today. Guys, by the way, those of you that are buying UCAN, make sure you always use your Healthy Runner discount code. um, So you'll get 15% off all your purchases uh, when you use Healthy Runner um, as them being one of our sponsors of our show. Um, so, Annie you also ordered the, you can gel. and Linda says she uses one ounce maple syrup every 45 minutes and one salt pill every 30 great point there. Um, yeah, maple syrup. Hey, that's going to give you some of that sugar, um, to kind of keep you going. So that's great. It's easily digestible. Um, And Coach LaToya says she always misses the pre-race photo for the 169ers over here. Guys, I've been uh, holding back a special announcement, and this was something in the works the last couple of weeks, but we have officially announced here in Connecticut that our local half marathon, the Cheshire half marathon, will be a live race July 18th. And the reason why I'm so excited is because I have not run a live race since this one right here, Disney 2020, right before the pandemic. So my first live race will be in my hometown of Cheshire, Connecticut, where I live. And this is a race that I've done many times before. It's a great course. Um, It gets a really big turnout for such a small town that we have. Um, So I'm super excited about this. And then even more excited, the fact that we are the premier training partner with the cheshire half marathon so what am i talking about i'm talking about our signature team healthy runner half marathon training program so the program that i mentioned before on the podcast that you've probably seen in the facebook group we just did our last long run the other day our team for our local members about half of the people in our program are local in connecticut Half are virtual, meaning you're in other states. And just like Rachel, who shared her story last week, she was in Utah, right? And she was a part of our program and she was able to get stronger and faster with her half marathon time, getting a half marathon PR. And I'm super excited about this because we're gonna be rolling out another open enrollment of our program that I wasn't planning on because my goal is to kind of do this team-based, training program two times a year to get folks in shape from winter. Like we just did for this kind of ending that we're doing now for this virtual Delaware half, all of us in the program, were like feeling good. We're back in half marathon shape and we're stronger and we're faster than ever. Like I was just telling coach Latoya actually um, how strong she looks because she's with her rise and grind crew three times a week getting in her spark strength training. And also Josie, who is one of our, um, I had the pleasure of running with her during our group run. And she was telling me how much stronger she feels because of the strength training exercise she's implemented. So this program guys is a run plan where we give you your running calendar, you get one of our healthy runner coaches. So Coach Latoya, Coach Whitney, Coach Kat, Coach Lou, myself, as kind of one of your specific coaches, we have like these mini teams. We're reaching out to you on a weekly basis, keeping you accountable um, for your runs. And I just love this program. We have a, a closed community that we um, post extra content that you don't see here in the larger healthy runner group. We do live trainings, we do coaching calls. Um, we have extra kind of post motivational posts to kind of keep you accountable and keep you on track and really take you through every step of the way of the half marathon training. So I'm super excited about this because we're gonna jump right back in. And again, this is a race that's near and dear to my heart that I've run since you know I started becoming a runner. And now I'm really excited to help more people in my local community, but we can also help you guys who are not here. So if you missed out on our first, our first um, version in 2021 of our team healthy runner half marathon training program, and you were like, Hey, I heard about it. I was considering it. I didn't wind up signing up. I wasn't ready for it. And now I'm ready for it. Or if you're listening on the podcast, I will drop the link to learn more about the program and where you can sign up. I can't tell you how excited I am, honestly, to do this again for this race and to have it be my first in-person race. I'm super excited. I want to get a strong, healthy runner crew in Cheshire, Connecticut running this race. And I'm super excited if you couldn't tell about it. So I'm going to get into the final stretch here, and this is going to be the misconception That most have for preparing for a half marathon, what do I think that is? And that probably is that you need to do something special or different. So that's the misconception. I think that's the overall theme that I talked about tonight is that you need to practice, practice, and practice. All the tips that I gave you leading up to the week before your race, you should have been doing two or three weeks before as well you should have been doing on your long runs. And that's what we've like talked about in our team healthy runner um, program the last couple of weeks with everyone who's doing this half marathon is that there's going to be no questions on race day because you've already done it. And like the outcome, and this is actually one thing that I talked about with Rachel after we actually stopped the live stream last week when I heard her story and I said to her, and I said, I said, Rachel, I said, I knew you were going to get a PR because she put in the work and she was consistent. Like I was able to see her runs. I was able to see her paces. I was able to see that she was following the plan and check in with her. And I knew that consistency is key. And I knew that practice, 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 you're going to get results. And we talked about what she should do pre-race. And I actually shared that in the episode, but like, I wasn't surprised. It was no surprise that Rachel... Got a PR on a course that was harder for her in her half marathon. And it won't be a surprise for you to perform at the level you want to if you practice, 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 and you practice everything we talked about on your long runs your hydration, your nutrition, what you have the night before. So hopefully that resonates with you because I think that's the most important thing. It's not like the one magic bullet tip that I gave you on whether you're gonna have chicken breast, carrots and rice the night before your race or what um, you know product you're gonna, what gel you're gonna use. It's really the stuff that works for you and your body and you practice it. And then like I mentioned before, you reflect on it and we improve, right? We know how we're gonna improve In the future so for those just tuning in or to kind of summarize this here guys just put a little bow tie recapping what we talked about today we talked about how should you prepare for your half marathon the week before we talked about what you should do the night before and then we talked about what do you do on race day you wake up what do i do in the morning of race day and how is that going to set you up for the most success again guys if you guys are pumped about this Cheshire Half Marathon. This was a medal from 2017 um, when I did the Cheshire Half, but this is still their logo. So if you're pumped about Cheshire Half Marathon and you want to learn more about the Team Healthy Runner program that we have, um, our team of Healthy Runner coaches will help get you to the finish line for Cheshire and get you running, or honestly, your half marathon in your local community, if it's midsummer, like we would love to take you there. And I would love to work with you and our whole team of coaches would love to work with you to make sure that you make your first live race, the best race ever. Oh my God, I'm super excited. I think I will not be able to go to sleep the night before that race, because I'm going to be so excited to have a live race. Finally, as always, guys, thank you for those that tuned in to the live. Thank you for everyone participated in the Knox gear giveaway. Thank you if you're watching this on the at Spark Your Training YouTube channel. Um, Remember, every week we go live within the Healthy Runner Facebook group. So come join us. We're gonna give stuff away. You get your questions answered and we have some fun. I get to interact with you as opposed to just talking to myself. So I appreciate you guys as always. Thank you again. Remember, stay active, stay healthy and just keep running. Until next time, guys. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Runner Podcast. Can I please ask you for a couple of favors? Can you subscribe to The Sucker wherever you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever so you never miss another episode? You'll be notified when a new episode drops every Thursday. Can you also please leave me a rating and review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts? What I want you to do is to tell them how awesome you are as a runner and then tell them what you have liked most about the show. I love to hear what you have to say. I read all of them and it means a lot to me. If you haven't seen the video version of this podcast, then head over to youtube.com forward slash Training, and you can see the video version as well as our full video library of exercises that are specific to your running on the Spark Your Training YouTube channel. Also, if you like the content in this podcast, then you will like the community even better. Head over to our Healthy Runner free Facebook group so you can get all the bonus content, blog articles, and get your questions answered by myself and our team of Healthy Runner coaches. The fifth and final thing I want you to do is that you can help this podcast out by taking a screenshot wherever you're listening, whatever episode, and put it, in your stories on instagram and tag me that is at spark your training if you do this i'll give you a shout out and repost it sharing your running wins while listening to the podcast more importantly we'll be able to share this information with a lot more runners because that is the goal guys we want to get this information in front of as many runners as possible to help them stay healthy so they can stay on the road doing what they love so take a screenshot share it on Instagram stories and tag me in it. You can also find out how I help runners as well as our brand new healthy runner strength program by visiting our website, sparkyourtraining.com. Thank you so much for listening. And I just love our healthy runner family. And remember guys, let's stay active, stay healthy and just keep running until next time.